Peace, love, and life, and peace, love, and light. Welcome to another installment of 30 Talk. I'm your host, Him Not Them. Got to give and always will a shout out to the ancestors, the elders, listeners, likers, and subscribers. Can't show the hate, no love. As always, drink your water, eat your greens. We are here, we are alive, and we are in full effect. That was the sounds of Isaiah Rashad for the squad. Yeah, you know, that's my man. Even with all his, you know, allegations, it doesn't really affect the music for me. But you know how the business go. We in 2022. Greetings and salutations. Hopefully the family is doing well. We're going to hop right into it. We moving, man. We have officially transitioned seasons in the, in the month of September. The brisk wind, you know, it showed up today. You had to keep your long sleeve on all day today. And, um, you know, just let us know that we are entering the, the third slash fourth quarter of the year, depending on how you measure your months. Some people have a four month. Some people have a three month. So some people can be finishing up their third quarter, getting ready for the fourth. Or people are just, you know, finishing up what they need to do before the uh, year comes to a close. I don't want to fast track it, but I do want to remind us that what we do now sets up how we start the next and even though I'm talking about next year, we can talk about next week, you know, when Monday roll around. When we look down the line, it's okay to see two days, two weeks, or two months. As long as we understand that the process, um, that there's processes necessary to, you know, meet quotas, um, milestones, goals, whatever term you choose to use, we have to set up some type of reward system, I should say. You get what I'm saying? And that reward system should be leading to the ultimate goal. And here at 30 Talk, we're all about solutions. We have to try to find ways to maneuver around emotions that get in the way of us achieving, you know, milestones or goals. Me as an individual, I try to look at where I'm at so I can present the information in a manner where people can grasp it, where it's not like you're being lessened. It's just, you know, you're sitting in a lesson. It's more you're just sitting amongst the conversation. And in this conversation, we have, you know, multiple topics covered, this and that, for all the first-time listeners, him underscore not underscore them on the IG is where you can find me. The opening part of this installment, we're going to talk about the elements of an apology. I often talk about pride and ego here, and we've, we've tried to find strategies, how, try to find strategies and ways to maneuver around that, and one element that comes in that when we talk about lessening or lowering our pride and our ego, we have to understand what an apology actually looks like and, and how if something 
has, you know, not caused damage or harm. That's not what I'm saying. If we are in the wrong and we are man or woman enough to stand on our shit, elements of an apology is important. One part of the apology has to show empathy. You know, there has to be some empathy. Nobody wants somebody just giving them what they want so they can shut up. Right. And empathy is being able to put yourself in another person's shoes and know why, not know why, know how they feel. The why is important. You know, I always say there's four W's and one H, but the why is the most important one for me. Because if we don't know how to do anything, it's because we don't know why. If we are apologizing to someone and we're just using words and they don't know why we're apologizing, it shows lack of empathy, right? And a true apology shouldn't be used to silence someone. Now, me as an individual, I had to learn this. I wrote this information down in 2020. So I'm just imagining who I had to apologize to (laughs) in order for me to write this information down. Here in 22, it's just like I still... I think I find it easier to apologize now because I I had to look at myself in the mirror. I had to show acknowledgement of responsibility. In 2020, nah, yeah. I was, you know, coming coming out of something in 2020, right? And being in the year that we're in, getting ready, not getting ready, but gearing up to enter another, it's like, damn, (laughs) damn. I have I have learned to lower my pride and ego enough to be able to apologize without feeling lesser. Sometimes it becomes difficult for us to apologize because we don't want to seem weak. And it's like weakness is only expressed if it's shown, if what you want to be if what you want to be shown is real, it's not going to come across as being weak. It's going to come across as being real. True apologies keep the focus on the actions, not on the person's response. I had an earlier installment I might have to listen to and listen to the information I was talking about on there when we talk about the difference between reacting and responding. I feel like a 22 update needs to be had of that conversation because it looks different. You know, time moves on. It's If we sit and use the same strategy over and over, over time, we're going to have to find a way to adjust and move because it can be outdated. Look at, look at CDs. When we was younger, CDs was the shit. Even tapes had a run, but it was CDs. Now niggas don't even use CDs. Like, you get what I'm saying? So, and I and that was us. We was the AOL kids, like instant messenger. That turned into what we have today. Just imagine what's the next. You, the, the meta shit. You get what I'm saying? We had that conversation. Don't want to get off track. The point that I'm making is that time is moving. And we have to learn how to make amends in a time period so we're not holding on to things. So we're not putting ourselves in a position where we have extra baggage. We need to learn how to debt like the dead shit and move on and apologize and being able to give effective apologies help with that. Let me see what we got here. Um, yes, an apology focuses, focuses on acknowledging the feelings of the hurt party without overshadowing them with their own pain and feelings. You know we like to flip that shit. <laughs> You're going to flip it over and make them feel some type of way and then, we all, then you all caught up in the you know what I'm saying? The X, Y, and Z. And if if we care, not if we care, but if we want to dead something at thir- in, in the thirty in the thirty talk realm, I understand lower level thinking. I hopefully if a, if you are of age, you will understand this. If you're learning this, take it from me. It takes it it takes the bigger person to apologize. It's because it's the most difficult thing to do. You know, and there's various ways to show an apology, but the expression is always 
what remains the same. There's different ways to express it, but if the expression is weak in it, it's, you know, it's going to be weak. And I have some other notes here that I could get into, but, you know, I'm not saying we're running out of time. I just don't want to beat a dead horse. It's like, here at 30 Talk, we're all about solutions. I remember, I remember there was a time when I had a problem apologizing because I didn't see no wrong in what I was doing. And it, and it showed in my actions and in my behaviors. So with me writing this information down in 2020, it's like, it makes me think about what I had to do then. And, and brave, not grateful, blessed enough to put myself in a position to, to use what I learned. Because, you know, you know, everybody had those moments when you down bad. And some of us choose to stay in it. And some of us choose to rise above it. And there's a lot of aspects that needs to be affected at one time. So we just take it step by step. And our first step was elements of an apology. Our first break. Yes, family, that was Ari Lennox, hoodie. Excuse the outdoor elements. People still whipping out the bikes. But, um, yes, family, that was Ari Lennox off her new album. What is it called? Excuse me, getting distracted. I apologize. Age, sex, location. In that order. <laughs> Understand me? But she always, always had a sound for me. Something that I liked, something that I enjoyed. I'm glad to see her getting recognition. She was on the Breakfast Club, hella nervous. I didn't get to, didn't get through the whole interview just yet, but it's just good to see that DMV getting put on and getting put on correctly. Just want to remind the family it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to smile. It's okay to ask for help. We are in a position to win, and in order to do that, we need a collective, not an individual. Last uh, installment, we talked about the homie warriors. About, uh, excuse me, because I'm reading and talking at the same time. I hate when I do that. <laughs> All these many episodes, these installments I've been doing, and I still got, you know, creature habits. But it's, it makes me work on my jump. I might not make the first one, but I'm going to make the next three. You understand me? But yes, we talked about the, the homie warriors um, based on the movie Woman King. And... Once you do more research into things, other information comes out, and I'm glad people are are people are able to, you know, see beyond what's being presented. And even though the Dahomey Warriors might have a negative connotation put to their name, right? The image of seeing women empowered is always good, especially in the environment that we are in. But then on the other side of that, which I do agree, we have to have the you know actual facts in place, and you can let the individuals make a decision from there. I'm not here to tell anybody what to believe. I just want to present all of the information that's available and then let them make the decision. Everybody's interpretation can and should be different. 
right? It's people, you know, we can be a collective with different thoughts. It's just, you know, certain thoughts need to be collaborated. If um, for the individuals who do not who do not know that the Homie Warriors were, um, you know, used, helped, used, how can I best say, were helping with the slavery, with the enslavement of black people. When they was working with the French or whoever was coming from Europe, they had a coast and they was using that jump. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's sad to say and sad to hear, but it's the truth. And with that information, you do what you can. I just feel like, you know, and then I'm just, I'm rambling, but it's all in the same thought. The movie that came out, The Woman King, was directed by all white women. So it's like, there's always an agenda placed on something. So it's like the opposition finds ways to give us power, but still find a way to get theirs at the same time. And that is what gets, you know, divides the people. The easiest and simple tactic that they use is to control the history and use it to divide the people. And here at 30 Talk, we're all about solutions. We have to sift through that and start paying attention to melanated history, the history that can empower us and put us in position to see us in a victor successor position, you understand? And the historical black fact that I'm gonna have for us tonight has to do with a, a melanated woman who, who saw an opportunity and took it. Um, when Kanye West said slavery was a choice, here's, here's an example of what I interpret him, him of saying. And the statement itself is so jagged and bland and broad that it, it, it does more damage than good. This um, historical fact that I'm, you know, this part of melanated history that I'm going to embark on us tonight happened in 1856. Slavery wasn't over until 1865, right? And I'm talking about Bridget Mason, the Bridget Mason case of 1856. Slavery, excuse me, I'm just reiterating so we can move forward. Slavery didn't end until 1865. People didn't really hear or know about it until 1867, 68, right? But this event happened in 1856 when an individual by the name of Bridget Mason sued her master and her sued her master for her freedom for her and her family. This was a full year before the infamous Dred Scott versus Sadford case. And that's when, you know, you was a slave, you remain a slave. All right? In the Dred in the Dred Scott case, the courts ruled that enslaved people did not become free when brought to free states. Before that ruling, Bridget Mason, her owner, Robert Smith, transported his slaves from Salt Lake City to California. At this time, California was a free state. And, uh, and at the time, you know, they were allowing melanated people to be free. And Betty had a few friends out there. Her name was Biddy. Biddy had a few friends out there that was telling her, yo, you should sue your master, this and that. It's a free state. You, 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 you know what I'm saying? You, you a woman out here. You're not property out here. So in December of 1855, Afraid that his slaves was going to be taken away from him, Smith attempted to move his slaves to Texas, which was a slave state. Before he could leave, Mason alerted the L.A. sheriffs about the attempt, and the case went to the L.A. District Court at the time, and the judge that was presiding was by the name of Benjamin Hayes. Um, 
So just quick pause for a second. Understand that we weren't just dumbass motherfuckers. Excuse my French. All them slave moves when they got us yes sir and master and bending the knee and all this. Nah, man, there was times out here when we was using our wits to get out of that. And they don't never put enough of that on TV. They gonna put you getting whipped, but they gonna put you winning cases and winning your freedom. They gonna, they gonna give you Harriet Tubman who they almost gave to Sandra Bullock. Like, come on, son. Talking about putting you on the money. I ain't seen you on the money yet. What are we doing? All trinkets. They never really give concrete shit, tangible shit, just dreams, nothing tangible. But this really happened. In the proceedings, Bridget had to remain quiet because California law prevented blacks and Native Americans from giving testimonies against whites. <laughs> what? I'm suing this man and I can't even speak for myself in the court because the person that's across from me is white. This is America, 1856. Nothing of this has changed much, just the years and the strategies, but the precedent has already been set. Judge Hayes, Judge Hayes ordered the freeing of Bridget and her family. Shout out to him. I don't know what he was on, but he was on something. Shout out to him. Um, Judge Hayes determined that Mason's family was unable was unable to enter in any abiding agreement, which nullified any argument because he felt that they were um, he treated them as people because in California they weren't property. They were treated as a person because he kept certain information. Robert Smith kept certain information from Betty from them that was against the law there. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's cool to see the law actually work in our favor when it's supposed to. You dig what I'm saying? Um, and this is just a beautiful story. And to close it out, Mason eventually, Bridget Mason, the god, the goddess Bridget Mason, the real woman goddess, one of them, you feel me? Um, she moved to L.A. to work as a midwife and a nurse, and she eventually purchased land in 1857. I always try to bring these dates up so we can put it in correlation to what's going on. 1856 is when slavery was over, supposedly, but in 1872, she bought the oldest, she established, excuse me, the first African-American Episcopal Church, the AME Church, one of the oldest ones in the city, and she also opened up uh, a school for uh, black children. So not only did she get her freedom, she reached back. Again, they don't put this type of history in our books. They don't put us in a position to use our history to empower us. They put us in position when they know we did some wrong shit one time or when we, we thought for self one time. <coughs> Excuse me. Matt, Madam Bridget Mason, she not only was she smart enough to think for herself, she thought about her people and her family in the time when they were separating us from birth. i just leave that there. It's good to look at history from a melanated perspective. It gives you empowerment. Our last break. Take it, baby. 
Man, when you put Wayne on the track, you better come correct. I don't care what stage of the game Wayne in. You better come correct. J.I.D. did that. J.I.D. Lil Wayne, Just In Time. This is J.I.D.'s record as well. Off his The Forever Story. Check him out. Dreamville doing things. Ari Lennox, Earth Gang, J.I.D., J. Cole. I just seen something on Twitter saying he got an unreleased song on the, on the new 2K. I'm like, damn, they putting rappers on the, and they songs on the 2K? And I was looking at people play, you know what I'm saying? I guess that's what people do now. I'm old. Got the character mode way different from our character mode. We could only play basketball, football when you made your creative player. Now these niggas got stories. <laughs> back Backstories and shit. I'm like, damn. I ain't played a video game in a minute. Shout out to the ones they do. The ones that do. Because I'm pretty sure a lot of them or the ones that are getting that money. You understand? To close this out, I want us to just think about what we discussed today. This is the last installment of September. It feels great to be a little more consistent. I'm talking about myself. Trying to find some momentum. and I'm, fine. I'm just reading and talking. Finding some momentum while also trying to share what I've learned along the way. That's what we've been doing here for some time. One of my favorite September installments is Think How We View. I don't know if it's still on there, but check that one out. That was one of my first installments in September. And this is when Colin Kaepernick's situation first had was happening. And the, you know, the turmoil that was coming with that, I think that was 2018. So, but when I think about that installment, I recorded that installment in my classroom. You feel what I'm saying? I was in my classroom and it was my off period. And I just had to speak on it. And when I, when I listened to it and I hear how I was speaking at the time, I was like, wow, man, you was... <laughs> I'm not going to say, oh, yes, you came a long way, obviously. But it's like the intention was there. I, I seen what, what I was trying to do. And fast forward to now, it's like it's the same feeling. I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm trying to do. And remaining consistent helps with the uncertainty. That's why we have to build self-efficacy, right? Self-efficacy self is the belief in our ability to exercise control over specific events in life. Right When I came across this information around this time in 2018, I was trying to find myself. I had an idea. I was 30 years old. I had an idea. I had, I had all these plans and, and shit and goals in place to have while I was 30. And I looked up and I had half of it. And the other half, I wanted more than what I already had. I was unappreciative. I didn't appreciate what I had. I thought it was more to be had. And it's like, boy, sit down. <laughs> And I tell myself that now, and to the ones who feel as though that we should skip some steps and move a little bit faster in life, let's appreciate what we have. Let's build some self-efficacy, the ability to that the ability to exercise. That means to put in place when time being. When we when we do that, I'm sorry. When we don't do that, we are deterring. So the opposite of self-efficacy is to deter. And when we deter, we discourage ourselves from something from something or an event by instilling doubt or fear of consequence. You know, up, down, left, right, there's always two energies that are involved and sometimes we can fall victim to both. But ideally, if we want to build the ability to do anything, we have to stay away from deterring unless we are deterring from something that can be detrimental to our, um, to our ability to exercise the right to grow. You understand what I'm saying? 
And deterring becomes easy because we can fall victim to giving ourselves more wiggle room than when we give ourselves wiggle room for success. You know what I'm saying? That's just our human ability. Ways we can combat from deterring. Excuse me, man. He's still on that bike. <laughs> Ways we can keep ourselves from deterring is practicing facing small fears. Growing 1% growing every day. Right? We have to start small. We, we have all these ideas, but we got to start small. And then we shouldn't have a bunch of small unfinished projects as well, which can turn out to be grand and not the grand in our pocket, the grand in stone. You understand? So when we're growing 1% each day, we have to think about what's prevalent. Fuck important. You know what I'm saying? Fuck drastic. What's imminent? What needs to be changed right now? That's the 1%. We do that for three days straight. That's You don't know how much can be changed in three days if we stay consistent. Growing 1%. It's 24 hours in a day. We might not grow in one specific area, but we can grow in five here, six over here, 20 over here, this and that. And then we look up. We're moving. We've gained momentum because we started small. We, we started collecting so much at a rapid pace, we didn't even know how much we had. That's when we have to start being coherent. Being coherent is the ability to be logical and consistent, right? We have to be consistent. Nothing that's going on around us, right? Nothing that's going on around us should keep us, should keep us from moving forward. Now, we can be, you know, sidetracked, you know, knocked off our rockers at times. But ideally, if we know what's in front of us, what we prepare for, right, it won't get us off just to... Not that often. You understand? It won't keep us off that long. Ways that we can grow 1% is by building our mental stamina. All right? Mental stamina is very important. The, the corporation that we live in is putting everything mental now. Mental health, you know, mental illness, um, the social media, how does it affect our mental, our everyday life? How is it affecting our mental? We have to be strong mentally. That's the, that's the first weapon that the opposition goes for that we have, that we solely have and belong, is our mind, is the brain, is the brain, is the mind, is the thoughts. We are the we control those. We should be able to control those. But the opposition is finding ways to control us through the tele, the tuba vision and the the iTunes. You know what I'm saying? So we can just I don't want to sound like I'm getting preachy. I apologize. But to build mental stamina, we have to we have to learn how to use that to our advantage. Building mental stamina helps with that. We have to plan for the setbacks. We have to think positively. And we have to evaluate our core beliefs. A lot of what we've been introduced when we're young, we kind of hold on to. I'm working on this installment about attachments. You know what I'm saying? Why do we find ourselves attached to certain things? Right? So when we have mental stamina, we have to start thinking about why do we believe or think this way in the first place? Is it beneficial for me now in 22? Not all of it, but the pieces that aren't should be left to the side, to the side. And that helps us build build strength for stress. We're no longer being held by certain rules and dialects. Uh, when I speak dialects, how we speak, you feel what I'm saying, or, or the isms that they use. We, we're not necessarily bonded by them anymore. We're kind of using what's available now to help us move forward in this, right? We have to read more. And read not so much whatever. The only thing when I say whatever is kind of like smut. If it's not smut, <laughs> read that shit. Put some information in your mind. You know, and then that will expand thought and then it'll put your mind in other pieces of information. 
Just read something and, and, you, and you'll never know what that will lead you to. Right. And lastly, we have to self-evaluate. Sometimes it's ourselves. <laughs> we like to put a lot of things in front of us, but who placed those things in front of us? We get in our own way. We have to we have to build in order to build mental stamina. We have to get out, get out our own way. And reflect on the process, <laughs> but definitely get out the way. Move, trick, get out the way. When I see you on the highway, get the fuck out of my way. Yeah, family, I'm just going to leave that there. To close this out, real random thought, I had a conversation with someone about Ludacris the rapper, not Ludacris the actor. His first two albums, if anybody's really into rap and hip-hop and this and that in the early 2000s, Ludacris' first two albums was like that. You know what I'm saying? Chicken and Beer was cool. But them first two jumps, yeah, I, I can I can put that up there with some of the classic albums of the 2000s. You see what I'm saying? And that that music, his music career with with the music career within itself, put him in an acting career that you know changed his life. So more power to him. I'm just saying when he was rapping, he was doing that. Hopefully the family enjoyed this installment. I'm your host, him not them. You really want to have this conversation with me? We got to be aware of the elements of apology. We got to be optimistic and practice self-efficacy. Peace.